2: This is the Lombardi
0: Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on v
3: Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM here on v the sports Betting Network. I'm Patrick Maher live from Vegas. Michael Lombardi there in Jersey. We're hopefully it's starting to warm up and clear up a little bit. We got the Super Bowl everybody had predicted
2: before the year started, my man. We've got the Bengals yeah. and the Rams. <laughs> well... You know, i got to give them credit. The Bengals, I never saw it coming. I thought eventually the glass slipper would fall off the shoe and Cinderella would have to go home. But they are resourceful. And I, and I said this on my pod today. They, they're almost as if they're like the Patriots from '01. one You know, they go in and they get the tuck call, you know, beat the Raiders at home in the snow game. And then they travel on the road and go to Pittsburgh and, you know, get a Troy Brown punt return to win that game. And then they go to the Super Bowls, a 14-point underdog to the St. Louis Rams and win that game. And the legend of Tom Brady became, you know, bigger than life. And Joe Burrow's legend continues to escape. I mean, he was Harry Houdini last yesterday, getting out all those sacks. And, you know, Patrick, give them all the credit in the world. This is two games in a row. They held a team in the second half for three points, an explosive offensive team like the Chiefs. They scored six points in two halves against this team, only had six first downs, four on the last drive of the game the Bengals won the game outright and we can stop let's just stop all this change overtime rules because the Chiefs got the ball first and did nothing and turned the ball over so it does work out well, you
3: weren't the only one that didn't see this coming, the betters in the market and the bookmakers. Listen, you said in 01, I think it was 60 to one before the season started as far as the Patriots odd to win a Super Bowl. This was anywhere between 125 and 150 to one on the Bengals. The only two teams with the worse or longer Super Bowl odds were the Lions and the Texans. This is, this is what makes the NFL great, though. Two wins two years ago, four wins last year, Super Bowl this year. It's what makes a fan base hopeful. You can turn it around. you got to get a special quarterback, but you can turn it around.
2: you got to get a special quarterback who does special things in, in big-time games and plays to the level. I mean, you know, we were all expecting, and at least I was, the Mahomes we saw in the first half would transition over. Question I have for you. Do you think Mahomes was hurt in the second half? He looked, Cause he sure he looked completely like off. He looked so like off. He, I couldn't find a hit where he got maybe, I thought maybe he got his bell rung or anything. There was never any time. I thought there was a play in the third quarter that I thought he got hurt. But I, I just thought his play was just so diametrically different from one half to the other. And look, you know, I, I, I get the fact that, you know, they they completely botched the first half, end of the half. I mean, that's just a complete. But that we've seen this with Andy Reid uh, time and time again. And I've often said when, I, when he was here in Philly, he should outsource his game management to India uh, as a joke. And it proves, once again, the case calls a timeout to then challenge a play, which if, you know, to me, who's in the box, that was a first down easy. Like when they misspotted that ball, that was an easy challenge. So, I I don't know. I just thought he looked hurt. I mean, the lack of adjustments, or or I'm going to watch the tape this afternoon, maybe there were guys wide open that Mahomes just didn't throw the ball to.
3: So, a couple of things. One, that was the same narrative coming out of the Super Bowl was Reed's inability to adjust. There was an inability to adjust here. The end of the first half, which became, what, they're up 21-10. They've got it first and goal on the one, nine seconds And that last play with five seconds to go, you can put it on Reed, but shouldn't have Mahomes just killed the ball? He can't throw it to Hill in that spot, right? You got to crush, kill the ball so you
2: can kick a field goal. Did he he think he had another timeout? Well, he can't, no. I mean, first of all, when you send that play in with five seconds, right, you're on the headset with them. (laughs) Reed admitted he called the play. So now we know who calls the game. We know Reed. We've all known Reed calls the game, even though a lot of people suspect maybe Bienemy. No, Bienemy signals the play in from the call. And I'm not saying Bienemy doesn't have an influence on some of the calls, but we can see Reed calling the game. Reed calls the get play. Bienemy tells the quarterback, hey, we're gonna run dragon, whatever the play call is, right? right? And part of that is because the clock doesn't tick off, you coach the player, hey look, you gotta get rid of the ball. Don't have a timeout. We got to make sure it's either throw it to the back of the end zone or let's get out of here. That's what you're doing. Right. You're coaching the player until you get told you can't any longer, until that clock stops at fifteen seconds. So to me it's it's one of the advantages of having communications from the sideline to the quarterback. He shouldn't make that mistake. And then to go and him to throw that ball over there. Now look, you know, you think, Oh, I'm throwing it to Hill, he'll make eighty six people miss it and get the ball in the end zone. Well, not if he's not not over there. I mean you know, you got a chance to go up 24-10 at the half. You get the ball to start the second half. Instead of going into halftime depressed, maybe you go into halftime with 24-14, 24-10 lead, and now you can plan your your, your second-half game plan and get the lead to 31-10, and the game's over at that point. You get that to 31-10, the game's over.
3: Yeah, come back from 18 down, a 27-24 win in overtime The chiefs end up closing seven seven and a half at a couple of books as we talked yesterday down at the beau Rivage with carl and of course your buddy thomas gable there at the borgata Uh, so michael lombardi tweets the end of the first half will always define this game one way or the other which is what you just discussed Uh, the play calling from the four okay i said the one my bad uh, to end that first half was in the game management by the chiefs was horrendous and violate game management protocols
2: no doubt. I mean, look. The, you know, when let's go to the fourth quarter. Let's extend it to the fourth quarter. He's got the ball, first and ten, at the 15-yard line. Two minutes to go in the game. Now, to me, I'm sitting on the couch, and I'm. You got to run it here. You want this clock to go. Cincinnati had two timeouts left. You got to get this clock moving. Goes empty. Calls a pass. Mahomes scrambles to his left. Goes out of bounds. Stops the clock. Gains four yards. Second down. Got to get the clock going. Doesn't again, pass, scrambles out of bounds, gets four more yards. Now he's in a real dilemma because if, if, if he doesn't get the first down here, he's going to give Cincinnati plenty of time with their field goal kicker to beat you. So now, but he gets the shovel pass first down. He gets a reprieve from the governor. Now he's got first and goal at the four. He runs it. They use their last timeout. Okay. Now we got him. Second and goal at the four. He throws a pass. Mahomes takes a five-yard sack. Got to call timeout here. Like now, th- then they rush three, which is typically what happens when you get down to the goal line is they try to rush three because, you're, you know, you're not worried about it, and you're going to cover and try to cover everything up. And then he takes that horrendous. I mean, not just a bad sack, a horrendous sack. Mm. I mean, it almost would have been fitting if Buckner would have missed the kick. That's how bad it was. Yeah. Yeah, that sack. And then got bailed out by the recovery on the fumble. <laughs> And got bailed out by the recovery on the fumble. I mean, he almost throws an interception on the first pass. I mean, the first pass in overtime to Robinson was so bad; it was behind him. The, the, it, it should have been intercepted. Millie was like, "Well, they could have intercepted that." You know, like what? What? Like that was as bad a pass as you get. I mean, that was horrible. Like his accuracy went from being really good in the first half to disappearing. And I know we said this all on the show all during the year. There was a period of time where it wasn't popular to say Mahomes wasn't playing good because we're not allowed to say that. But Mahomes didn't play good. You know, we're always saying that, you know, his receivers have so many drops. No, he puts the ball in some bad spots for the receiver, like the Robinson throw in overtime. He's got the ball behind him. Any other quarterback does that, you're not getting away with that. Certainly wasn't his mechanics. Yeah, his mechanics are horrible. His his lack of attention to detail. I mean, I think they've gotten spoiled by they can just wing it. They can just go out there and wing it. And the fact that he got sacked four times and Burrow only got sacked once. Now, Burrow was under constant pressure the entire day. (laughs) But as we said on the show in the morning, Burrow doesn't seem to bother by it.
3: No, he was Houdini. By the way, this is a good stat provided by Matt Santos. Teams with an 18-point lead this season prior to yesterday, 115 and 1. That's regular season and postseason. This had only happened one other time all season when a team had an 18-point lead, and the Bengals do it to Kansas City. in Can- How about 80,000 people leaving Arrowhead? They must have been in a good mood, huh?
2: Well, I mean, you know, there's, nothing, there's no better feeling than that, you know, to be able to, to go in there and win that game. I mean, look, there is some sort of magic that's going on with this team. You can't deny. I can't deny it. I've been pick, I picked them against them the last two weeks. This game shouldn't have been this close. It was 21-3, to three, you know, and the, and the chief defense, which is we know the chief defense was going to give up some points. We understood that. You know, but the fact that this game didn't even go over the 54—I mean, it, it, you know—it didn't go over 54 because the way they, the, the way the Chiefs only scored three points in the second half, the and um, overtime.
3: Yeah, the, may I ask you about Taylor's play calling? It does come across predictive. Um, I'm not huge on so I checked it. I checked in on Twitter at halftime of this game, and he was getting killed for the first down runs. Did you take anything
2: away from Zach Taylor's play calling in this matchup? I think what Zach Taylor was trying desperately to do, and I give him credit for this, and I think the play calling was a little extreme to the first down runs, but I do think he was trying to keep Joe Burrow from getting killed. He was trying to manage the offensive line. Mm. You know, and he made the change at right guard. I don't know if that kid got hurt, but then he put Carmen in, the kid they drafted in the second round from Clemson. I mean, he was trying to work around his offensive line. And you know the the, the throw to P. Ryan, you know over there, kind of it w- gave him the field goal. But I, I think that's really what he was trying to do. I think it became a little bit too much. You know, I think that, that that he should have probably thrown the ball more. I mean, he ran it 27 times in the game, Patrick, and he had 116 yards rushing. Yeah. Now the 20, you know, they they ran the ball better in overtime than I think they probably did. That helped. But you know, look, the Chiefs ran the ball 24 times for a buck 40. I mean, Chiefs averaged 5.8 a carry. There does
3: seem to be a rhythmic aspect with a catch from Kelsey in the seam, Hill coming across the middle, picking up 20 extra yards after catch. When that starts to break down, Mahomes and that team get a little discombobulated. You know what I mean? That yeah, rhythm starts to get yeah. they, they, – they're a rhythmic team.
2: You could see them right now. They're, they're, no, they're, they're going to sit there and say their number one need this offseason is a wide receiver. They need somebody to go along with them. They don't have that. They, they're saying losing Sammy Watkins hurt our team more than we know.
3: Unbelievable. I mean, really, the Bengals are in the Super Bowl. Are you paying it's attention? Are you paying, are, are you paying attention, Detroit Lions? It is possible. <laughs> First appearance since 1989 for the Bengals. That's the early game. Plenty to unpack when we come back, talking about the 49ers at the Rams as the Rams advance. That's coming up next here. Lombardi Line. It's 10 the Esports Betting Network.
1: Hey, guys. This is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin, from the Fade This Podcast. we got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball. We do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally. But Creighton. Is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, are like, you know, Creighton, you know, watch Creighton. And I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon, the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists.
2: You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You're listening to The Lombardi Line on vSEN, featuring former NFL
0: executive Michael Lombardi... Once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay,
3: the big game is right around the corner. It's time to download BetMGM Sports. It's Nevada's premier sports betting app. BetMGM has all your favorite wagering options, in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today. Stop by any MGM casino on the Strip. State-issued ID, bring it. You're going to be ready to bet here in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your style, they've got it. 21 years or older, physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. And if you do have an issue, it's 1-800-522-4700. Okay. Michael Lombardi there in Jersey. Um, first off, how is how is it clearing up there? What's going on with the with the weather?
2: You know, the sun's out, but it's absolutely freezing. I mean, it's brutally cold, but, you know, it is January. No, it actually is February. We're going to have February tomorrow. Tomorrow so is February, yes. Can you believe tomorrow's February? No, I can't. Oh, it, it's just amazing <laughs> how quick this year has gone by. Football. It, yeah. The how, Bengals do, how, are how do you the feel? How do you, feel, mean, how do you feel like
3: um, – because it's just you know we we're so immersed in football since you know preseason. How does it feel once it starts to settle? Because we do have what 13 days to deal with it before we get the Super Bowl.
2: Yeah, it's going to be an interesting Super Bowl. It's you know especially with the Rams at SoFi and you know these are two these are two uh, franchises that you know rarely play one another. There's not a lot of history. You know. Will their fan bases travel? Since nationally, town, will there be I mean,
3: juice, Michael? Will there be juice Yeah, nationally? I don't
2: know. I wonder I wonder what the cost of the tickets are going to be as it goes. You know, if this would have been the 49ers and the Chiefs, I think we would have the Joe Montana Bowl. We would have seen, you know, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see. I, obviously, it's going to be fun to watch. It's going to be – I'm surprised the line opened at 4, Patrick. I, I was a little surprised at that. Yeah, open 4. We had it yesterday, the look-ahead put out last
3: week at the South Point was three. So yeah. they had the predictive idea. You said
2: that, that was light. You said that was light. We, then, we both think did, it yeah. Was really
3: yeah, we both said, it. and they now it said at the very bottom of the, uh, the sheet here at the South Point it said sub- subject to change. So the boys got together and they opened it four, as opposed to the three, and which is a huge across difference. The board
2: with one ten and 49. Yeah. You know, I mean, look, you know, I, I, I was a little surprised because why are the chiefs, a seven-point favorite, and the Ram, like I, you know, to me, the power rankings are a little different. But look, you give the Bengals credit; their defense is the unsung hero, and of course, Joe Burrow's ability just to to do things that to escape and to get away and to make some plays with his feet running the football. That's awesome. I mean, look, he is special. The, the Rams, the, the Rams, you know, is what the Rams did in that game yesterday, to convert third downs, to get the ball to cup when everybody in America knows the ball's going to cup, uh, and to be able to protect. I I thought the underlying factor in this game, and I really think Kyle Shanahan made a huge mistake, when he, you know, again, we're at second and one. The ball's at the Ram, 30, 45-yard line. And we talk about this all the time. Short yardage is the difference in playoff games. It, It just unequivocally always is. He's got a second and one can't get the tries to run doesn't get anything 3rd and 1 Mitchell gets stuffed now he's got 4th and 2 right McVay runs calls for the worst challenge maybe than the the challenge he had before so now he's out of timeouts and Kyle decides to punt it there and my issue here is if you're watching the game and you're paying attention now understand they you know maybe he gets the interception or all that but they had driven the ball 98 yards in the first, in the second quarter, your defense is giving up third downs at a rapid rate. It's over 60%. Like, you needed to match that score, 17 to 14. And the only reason they didn't take the lead there is McVeigh called that bad screen pass. And McVeigh, you saw him when they told him to sideline, pointing to himself. That's on me. That was a bad call. If he throws any other pass there, I think he's going to get the first down easily. But the screen, and we saw. Fred Warner go over and make a great play, but the fact that they weren't calling holding penalties, Patrick, the fact that his defensive line really wasn't hitting Stafford early enough. They got him, but they were getting him after the ball was out, just after it was out. And the fact they weren't, to me, I think you needed to go for it there. And obviously they didn't. And when you don't get first downs in the fourth quarter, and you don't score points in the fourth quarter like he didn't do in Super Bowl t- when, it, when in the Super Bowl in 2016 like he didn't do in the Super Bowl in 2019 and like he didn't yesterday, that comes back to haunt you.
3: Rams 20-17 to winner. The 49ers do cover. We harped on that hook the whole entire week. We were surprised. It st- the game was capped perfectly because everybody had this as a three-point game either way. Um, you know, in the Forty ers obviously had won the two previous meetings. Now they, we're talking about the best of the best, so I will adhere, I, I'll, I'll throw it to you, but it does feel like Shanahan in big moments gets a little tight. Game management, play calling—is it fair to say that? Because sometimes it could be a little overwhelming doing everything as the uh, play caller as well and head coach.
2: Yeah, I, I think it is. I think he's just not watching the game. Like if you're watching that game like we were, I think you could honestly say his defense wasn't really able to control the game, especially when you consider the fact this was a reminiscent a lot like the Tennessee game he lost in Tennessee when Tennessee was 9 of 16 on third down, and a lot of them long yardage conversions. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's when you play this zone concept of defense the way they do in San Francisco, you've got to win with four rushers. You've got to win with four. And if they're not going to call holding, you, and you can 't win with then you 're going to lose out. I think that was that had a lot to do with it. You could go back and watch that tape i don 't know if you were yelling at it, but i mean i 'm screaming at it that, that they were they were going they were holding it was nonstop
3: there, Why is it called so differently? I mean you can and again it, we, we bitch about all the penalties in the regular season, but then they become absolutely non-existent in the postseason no holding calls, none.
2: No, none. I mean, it, there was no calls at all. I mean, and, and, and I'm not, and I'm not saying, I'm not mad at the officials. Basically, took the mentality, especially when we know Cheffer's crew was the most. What he was commanding his crew was the most uh, uh, called penalties of any crew in the league, and we know Vinovich was the least. So we had the dichotomy of both. But to me, when you're watching this game and you're seeing them harass receivers. Hold on. I mean, Mike Hilton's grabbing receivers. The Chiefs corner, Sneed was grabbing receivers. They weren't going to call anything. They were going to let him play. The league I think clearly said, hey, look, let's let the outcome be decided on the field. And if you're Kyle Shannon and you're watching that and you know your guys are getting held, like, can you really play great defense with your defense? I don't think you can. I don't think you can. I think you need to now you say, well, you didn't want to put Jimmy in a bad spot because Jimmy's not very good. I get that. I, I get you, but... You, you can't get, you're not even getting the ball to Kittle. Kittle had four looks, two catches. You can't walk off that field with Kittle only having four looks. You can't walk off that field with Samuel not having more pass receptions. You can't walk off that field with your two best players not really influencing the game. Case to be made for
3: both coaches in the late matchup getting a little overwhelmed. McVay, 10 minutes left, no timeouts, no challenges left because of um, some inaccuracies as far as his judgment. And I just who's
2: he? Who's he listening? I don't to, know. This, that,
3: I mean, you could see in real time that challenge was a joke.
2: Real time. I mean, I went to I mean, no, I don't know how. Well, the one challenge, the last one, Fox never showed us a replay of it until we came back from commercial. Right. But then I went to Twitter and, and I was and, and everybody on Twitter that was at the game say there's no way he's going to win this. No. this is the dumbest challenge of all well you could tell he was
3: he was dubious because he was so demonstrative pointing at the screen anytime a coach does that they feel guilty about what they just you know what i mean it's almost like oh i'd like to have that back you can't have no timeouts and no challenges with 10 minutes to go in a in a, in a pre-season in the most game. critical
2: game <laughs> you know and, and again i'm going to go back to that second and one you you can't – that's why – why do you think New England all those years with Brady would just sneak a second and one? Right. Got to pick I up mean, the first you know, down there. You have to pick get, it up. You got to get the – you just gave up a score. If you make this 24-14, to 14, you really put them a little bit of a desperate situation. But, again – and then I thought the third down call with the trickery with Trent Williams coming across, mm. you know, like – you know, at the end of the day, though, at the end of the day – when you can't, Kyle Shanahan's offense really functions on the run game, and when you can't run the football twenty carries for fifty yards, you're not going to win. You don't deserve to win. Like I, I really believe. Midway through the third quarter, I said to Berman, I said, but the the, Chief, the, Bengals, the Chiefs don't deserve to win this game. Like they really don't." And and, and during the Forty Nine er game, I thought the same. They didn't deserve, They didn't play good enough to win. I think the the teams that played the best won. There's no doubt. We could dissect it all the way around. I don't, I'm not saying the two best teams won, but I think the two teams that played their best that day won. Because he had won, I mean, the Chiefs didn't deserve to win. You can only get six first downs in the second half. The 49ers only get two first downs in the fourth quarter in a game that you know is going to be three points that everybody's saying, if you like San Francisco, get the hook because it's going to be a three-point game. Yeah. I think he's...
3: A brilliant play call. He's a, a brilliant offensive mind and football mind. Shanahan runs a little hot. You know, when you get frustrated, it does dilute your ability to make the correct decision, and you can tell sometimes he starts to spiral. That's not killing him. Yeah. He's a he's a wonderful coach, but
2: you could tell he gets a little bit frustrated and runs a little hot. He does, and he, and, he, and you know, and we know Andy Reid struggles in game management situation that's been documented over the years but kyle's got to get better in that area and then when it becomes a drop back pass game we know i've said this repeatedly they can't block anybody the blocking
3: yeah garoppolo wasn't great but he wasn't helped out either a couple drops as well Eh. it was um it was an entertaining day and now we have our Super Bowl set, okay? And we'll come back and discuss some of the uh, ramifications from what we saw yesterday: AFC, NFC Championship game. Michael mentioned it. We're four in the Super Bowl. Everybody opened. Everybody's sitting four with the Rams favored.
0: You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VCN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Once again, here's Patrick Maher Okay,
3: if you're getting ready to watch the big game, which I know you are, we want to make sure VSIN is a part of your plans. Championship weekend, we got you covered. We already had you covered. And the 56 hours of free coverage continues here. VSIN.com. Just go over there right now, bookmark it. VSIN, VSIN.com. Betting strategies, big game, uh, betting guide, which is so important. Matchup analysis. And you continue with the sixth annual live big game betcast coming up on that Sunday, 13 days from now. It's the biggest game of the year, so make plans to join the v betting experts before, during, and after the game. It's v I was just watching, they're introducing officially uh, Eberflus and Poles, the head coach and general manager, respectively, Michael Lombardi. We'll get to, coming up in about 29 minutes, some of the coaching carousel moves that are happening uh, as we welcome you back. Uh, so let's focus on the offseason for the two losers yesterday. You mentioned yeah. the Chiefs potentially looking for a wide receiver, the compliment that they're missing without Watkins. What else? You know, it looks like the going to end up sticking around, we think, as the offensive coordinator. There should be some continuity that we've seen with this team, but what else are you expecting in the offseason as far as changes with the Chiefs?
2: The Chiefs really like Mike Kafka, the quarterback coach. It's going to be interesting to see now that they're eliminated if somebody tries to take him away from them because I don't think the is going to get a job. And what will they do with Kafka if that happens? How they handle that, I think that's one thing to note. What are they going to do defensively? Will Spagnola come back? You know, they're going to have some cap issues they've got to work through. But just watching their offense through the year, you know, uh, they really are going to have to figure out what they want to become offensively and kind of reshape it. And I think the answer is we need a better skill player. Pringle's a nice guy, but he's a fifth receiver. He's not a third and we miss Watkins, you know, and they went through this whole Josh Gordon thing as if he was going to be able to add that element, which he never did. So I could see him spending some money on a receiver. I think there's no doubt about that. I think that's the direction they're going to go. What I find interesting is, you know, they took, they took uh, Edwards Hilaire before Jonathan, Jonathan Taylor at the Colts. If you put Jonathan Taylor on this team instead of the other backs, what do you think this team looks like? Wow.
3: I'm just now recalibrating. You're right. That happened. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Taylor would be a perfect back
2: in this offense. I mean, he would give them the, some, the power that they don't have. Yes. I mean, they want Edward Solaire because he's good in the passing yes. game. But I think at some point that the lack of power, real power agree. affects them. And, you know, they're going to go more down the because they love the, you know, the I mean, even though Andy Reid's a tough guy, they love the deception and all that. I think they go. But to me, I think if you look back on why this dynasty hasn't continued, I think a lot of it was the decision to take Hilaire over Taylor.
3: Yeah, you're right. There is an element of toughness missing in the offense. You know, it's. In it, and and there's really no explanation for it because, like you said, Reed has kind of always kind of danced under that guise of toughness. Round one, so let's throw up their picks. I mean, they have their first round pick, they have their second round pick, they have their third, their fourth. So they're they're in good stead here as far as uh, trying to add to the talent.
2: Yeah, but they're not going to add to the talent with this draft. It's not a great draft. They're picking in the bottom of the draft. It's going to be for this draft will be for the 2023 team, not for this year's team they're going to have to figure out what they're going to do on defense, how they handle their cap situation, you know, how much cap room they have because you know the cap went the cap did go up. So, you know, but are they going to be able to uh, to handle it and, and still be able to get, which they did. I mean, last year when everybody was crying about the cap, you know, the, they went out and signed Joe Tooney and they did the things they needed to do, you know, to make it work. So I don't think there's any doubt that the Chiefs will be able to to handle that and they'll redo contracts and they'll have enough room to to make the moves that they want to make and improve a defense and also improve, uh, improve their skill selection as they move forward. So I don't think that's going to be an issue. I think they'll do that. You know, really kind of look, let's face it when when they have when you don't have a quarterback problem. Yeah. You can, when you it's, all quarterback. Easier. It's, it's easier to start easy.
3: plugging holes, right?
2: Yeah, I mean, yeah. And they, they, they have 39 guys on the contract next year. So, you know, and, and one of them's, I mean, Anthony Hutchins is making $12 million. Is he a $12 million a year player? I doubt it. I mean, you know, Mahomes' cap number is $35 million, you know, and, and they got Frank Clark at $26 million. They got Tyreek Hill at $20 million. I mean, they're going to have to clear up some 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 situations. Joe Tooney's cap goes up to $17 million. And then they got to figure out who they're going to sign as they move forward. So they'll work it through, but they'll have enough to do one big contract. And I think that, that player has to be the right guy.
3: You know, Reed, Reed has got his Super Bowl, so automatically, that is, with all the wins, he's a Hall of Famer, it's not even a question. Two conferences, nine conference championship games, he's advanced once. I mean, that is, that, that is yeah. something. There is something there. I mean, he constantly was getting the way- there with the Eagles as well.
2: He got to the conference championship with the Eagles, went to one Super Bowl. He's been to four. Pardon conference me, that, that's twice.
3: Yeah, you're right. I I messed up there.
2: He went to four conference championships with the uh with the Chiefs and he's been there once. So he's been two, you know, but look you, you know what happens in these games is situational football becomes prevalent and he as talented as a team as he is. And they overcome so many of these mistakes during the year that when, it when it really matters the most, I mean, I think Mike Palm said, it text me best. He said, you know, most betters have had scars of Andy Reed on their chest from this. And, you know, and, and I've paid a price for that too. And thinking that I didn't think that I really didn't think the the Bengals could match. I think what I was counting on was the Bengals' offensive line would have really struggled. I think Tennessee gave them more trouble. Jeffrey Simmons, Chris Jones, at the end of the day, didn't play as well as he typically had during the year. And Reed didn't really dominate it. And there was really – did you even hear Frank Clark's name mentioned? Never.
3: Andy Reed lost me a lot. when I was a, Andy Reed is the Eagles coach. jim Well, I just remember Jim Johnson is D.C., Donovan McNabb. They oh, – <laughs> they lost for some reason i lost a lot of money on them okay let's shift the san francisco 49ers moving forward they are in the most fascinating position that you can possibly imagine because they've got a roster that's legit and they're going to try to get it done with a guy they don't even know if he's ready to play at under center next year that's fascinating In trey lance
2: right they got and they got a, and they don't have draft picks they don't have a first No, round they gave him away you know they gave him away and so now they can recoup some of those picks. I, I don't know that nobody's going to pay a one for Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't think. I mean, maybe they will. Somebody paid a one for uh, Carson Wentz. It was kind of a, a, a deferred one, but they did. I mean, Garoppolo, you know, is he's the you know he's on their cap at twenty six point nine million, you know, and so, you know, they have very little cap room right now in terms when you look at where they are. Uh, With the amount of players, they only have 34 players on the contract and they have five million dollars of available room, which means once you get the 50, you got to get the 51 or else everybody's contract counts. Now, it's easy. They're going to get rid of D Ford. He comes off their cap. They they can trade Garoppolo. There's crap room. They'll be able to maneuver this thing around. But at the end of the day, you know, they're going to have to rebuild this offensive line. I thought Alex Mack wasn't very good. I mean, Alex Mack snaps. And shotgun might take forever to get there. I think they serve lunch on those flights. I mean, it's unbelievable. You're just <laughs> not getting pretzels on his snaps. Like, you're getting – it's like a whole thing. You know, so they're going to have enough maneuverability around. So with all the maneuverability they do, right, they get rid of Garoppolo, make everybody in their fan base happy. They Is Trey Lance good enough? I think that's the fundamental I mean, question. it's fascinating, though,
3: because they've gone all in on a question mark. Even they would admit they don't know what
2: they have. I think they would. I think Shanahan thinks he knows what he has now. Now they got to sign Fred Warner. I mean, they're going to have to put the franchise tag on him. They can't run this defense without Fred Warner. They just can't do it, you know. And they're going to have to, you know, and they're going to have to keep this defensive front intact. They get Kinlaw, who did, it was on IR all year. They get him back. I mean, I think they'll be, you know, I think it's all going to come down to the quarterback. Can they get this out of the quarterback? And yeah. what's the what's the what's the confidence? And what's the difference between Shanahan's evaluation and what the evaluation is of, of the, of this front office. Cause I think there's a conflict there too. Yeah. I guess I,
3: sh- I should amend that publicly. They'll say they know what they have with Trey Lance privately. They're sweating their, you know, what's off. I mean, there's no just, yeah. It, it, like they just were a, a quarter. They were up 10 on the way to another Super Bowl appearance with Jimmy Garoppolo. And they're going to run it back with a kid that they don't. It's I think it's a fascinating year for San Francisco next
2: year. It really is, and, and and you can't make a mistake. I mean, you can't. I mean, I think the Chiefs probably said the one mistake we made was not re-signing Sam. Which I have always thought Sammy Watkins—they overpaid him way too much money, and yet you know, they were a better offense when they had Sammy than they are without him.
3: Yeah, that's for sure. Um, Garoppolo. You know, there's going to be some teams that are going to be interested. Like Washington could be very interested. That's a team that could be you could you yeah. use a quarterback like that. I mean, this is a useful, useful football player that teams will be interested in.
2: Right, and he's got one year left on the deal, and his base salary is fairly, you know, it's, it's really cheap at $24 million in relative terms. You don't have to pay the bonus. You'd have to get him extended before you made a trade. So, you know, he's going to be 30 years old. You kind of know what you have, and you go from there. You know, and then you got to be really careful about are you sure he is better than, you know, He's that Lance is better. I mean, they've already made that decision. They've already, like, they've made, already the decision. made that decision. You're right. They, they can't go back on it. They, they, they can't.
3: The, the hopes were probably my assumption would be the hopes were that Lance would have been starting yesterday. They wanted him to start yeah. right away. If you mortgage what you mortgage? second
2: and one at the 45 second and one. There's not a place for him on the field. There you go. Second and one at the 45 fourth get... and two at the 45. You can't. There's not a play for him in there.
3: Can't get creative there. You would think. Okay. You know who didn't like the 49ers punting yesterday? Will Hill. He's going to join us next here on the Lombardi line presented by BetMGM.
2: Listening to the Lombardi Line on VCN, featuring former NFL executive Michael
0: Lombardi. Now, once again, here's
3: Patrick Maher. MTA. <laughs> Excuse me. Bet MGM in the NBA tonight. special offer. You know, Bet MGM has a great relationship with the association. Tonight, if you pick a game, you bet $10 on either team to win it. Regardless of that outcome, you're going to win $200 paid for in free bets if either team hits a three-pointer. You have to use the bonus code VSIN200, VSIN200. And remember, when you bet through Bet MGM, the app or the site, you get points for M Life rewards that can be redeemed for rooms and dining at any MGM resort worldwide so again eligibility restrictions apply visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions tonight ten dollars wins you 200 if anybody hits a three-pointer in the nba with that code Vison 200 if you have a gambling problem it's 1-800-GAMBLER make sure you check it out michael lombardi there i'm patrick maher here in vegas we bring in our buddy will hill he is the host of the new york city podcast you you have to open your next pod talking about brian dayball getting out of his car which has become very exciting as we follow these coaches and gm's out of their cars, we said, had a Will? Will? We'll start with you on the game management from Kyle Shanahan. You were a big huh. fan of the punting.
0: <laughs> Which one? I mean, there was three of them inside the 45, and man, it's amazing these teams that lost just gave the games away. You think you go to training camp in July and all the work you put in off-season training camp, regular season, and to come down and to just give these games away, it's just brutal. And you got to think of that sequence: second and one. You know, you're at the Rams, 42, 43. They're staggering. They're on the ropes." You have all these weapons, Kittle, Samuel, you have a great play caller in Shanahan. You figure a play action, you're going to get a big chunk there, 15, 20 yards over the middle. A touchdown puts the game away. To go backwards two plays, which was bad, and to punt the football back uh, was really egregious. And you know, just think, if you're rooting for the Rams, if you're the Rams, if you gave them true serum, they want you to punt. They want the football back. They, you know, it's just... If field position with with a great quarterback, uh, not a great quarterback, but a great receiver and Cup, a quarterback with with a big arm. You know, you're back in that field position two plays later, and uh, obviously the dropped interceptions, one that's going to haunt him. And just uh, just brutal losses for both those teams, complete meltdowns.
3: Yeah, I forgot about that drop pick. Oh my gosh, that was it was almost going to run it, forever too. He, he was going to run, Michael. It was almost too easy. He was, he looked surprised. Like, yeah. are you kidding? This is here.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, look. It, it, it's one of those. I think Will's right. I mean, you know, at some point you you got to manage the game slightly different. Come playoff time, you got to have more third and twos. You got to be able to convert first downs are critical, you know. And I think sometimes the, the the conservativeness and I'm I'm usually a conservative guy, but I think there was sometimes he needed to go for it. I know it was a slower pace game and the the under came in and all that, but I do think he wasn't controlling the game. The Rams were he might've been in the lead at 17 to seven, but I never felt like he was in control of that game. I would
0: tell you stop too with the, the try to draw you off sides play. Nobody falls for it. It never works. (laughs) You could tell like three seconds in that that, that, what they were trying to do. It's just so boring. It's so predictable.
3: And the the, the announcers are like, they're spending a lot of time in the huddle. That must mean they're (laughs) going to go for it here. I'm like, no, that does not mean that they are not going to go for it here. Um, Did you take anything away from the huge upset in Kansas city? Will?
0: I mean, that kind of reminded me the Yankees were up 3-0 against the Red Sox. That's that kind of collapse. I mean, when you're up 21-3 and, you know, you can talk about the play before the half. I actually put that on Mahomes more than I do uh, Reed. That can't happen. That can't happen. You have four seconds to play with there uh, with five seconds left on the clock. You can throw the ball quick. You can throw it in the end zone. That's the last thing that can happen. There's a difference between being, you know, aggressive and being stupid. That was being stupid to throw the ball there and boy, I don't know if McCombs got concussed or if, you know, if he took a hit, he just wasn't the same player. It went from. Uh it's the height of his powers that first half to just awful. And, and there were some bad beats. I don't know if you noticed this on the quarterback over under props. Mahomes had like two twenty in the first half. All he needed was like seventy yards. He fell short. And then Garoppolo, he closed two thirty-two. He had two thirty five going into the last drive. He threw it backwards three yards to get to two thirty two uh and <laughs> lose by a half a point.
3: <laughs> That's why you got a shot for the best. No that is yeah. wild. That is wild. Yeah. Um Yeah, I was. I I know Will was frustrated about the punting, so we had to start there. the The opener of four. Did that? We we said yesterday, Vinny and the boys had the opener set at three last week, and they adjusted and came out four with the Rams laying at hosting the Bengals. What'd you think of that opener?
0: I think it's a little light. I mean, you got to be careful here. It's frustrating because I've been on the ban- the Bengals bandwagon. I jumped off yesterday. I'm kicking myself for doing it. I just couldn't talk myself into him. And look, I-, I can't second guess myself too much because look, I- I- how the Chiefs stop scoring there is really hard to believe. Um, it's a little short. I think this line will probably go up. I think it'll be hard for that Bengal offensive line to handle, you know, Donald and Miller. Uh, I, I just think the Rams will probably control the front, and your boy Stafford probably going to get a Super Bowl. You got Eminem performing at the halftime show. You got Stafford in the Super Bowl. I mean, this is about as much as, De- as close as Detroit's going to get.
3: Matthew Stafford to the Super Bowl, which uh, the the pick. I guess you know, I, his detractors will say he tried to give the game away there, Michael. But he's played very well in the postseason overall, Stafford.
2: You know, they really have. I mean, and they were throwing the football effectively. And look what he did on third down. I mean, you know, he was able to make the throws. And even the one third down, they didn't convert. I mean, when they called that awful screen pass to Sonny Michelle, McVeigh admitted that it was a bad call. I mean, I think if he throws it there, they're probably going to cover the spread. I'm sure everybody who had the the Rams and, and laying the three and a half were pissed off at that call because you could see, you know, if the 49ers didn't score, that game was going to end up 2017, which it did. So. Yeah, I, I thought he he played really well, and, and the fact he st- stood in there and took a lot of hits, they were they weren't quite there quick enough to really force him to make a bad throw, but you know he did exactly what he needed to do.
3: What Cooper get there? Uh, well, I know Cooper Cup. We, you said go over the 102 and a half, 101 and a half somewhere on receiving yards. Uh, he continues to
0: roll. Always open. Always open. Always open. I have I'm a, ready. I have an idea too for, uh, for Thomas Gable, a prop he should offer. Will Sean McVay lose a challenge in the Super Bowl? That'll be a fun one. What the hell was he doing? What was he looking at on the yeah. second one? I don't know. I mean, the, the second one was worse than the first one, and the first one was bad. It, it was hard to believe uh, how irresponsible you could be with the challenges in that spot.
2: It really is. I mean, you know, he's sitting there with a giant scoreboard in front of him. You know, when when this whole challenge system uh, started, you know, I remember being in Denver at Mile High Stadium and Shanahan would, Mike Shanahan would raise his hand. You could see it. And that, that tipped off the guy in the press box to show it on the board so he could see it. You know, when he raised his hand, then they went to it on the board. And, and, you know, you got to have a methodology to this. And who's ever advising them to challenge is, you you know, because these guys are all looking at their play sheets. They're not really paying it. They're looking for the next call. You know, they're writing down notes. They're doing all sorts of things, and they're missing the game. And I think part of the reason Kyle made a mistake on second and one is they're just too busy looking at it. I totally agree. You know, there's a point in the game where you've got to make a play. This is important. I mean, this is that we got to get the first down. sneak. That's why the Patriots snuck it all the time. It was yep. never a waste to play. It gave them three more plays. But now we've seen two teams really ultimately lose games: the Tennessee Titans and the San Francisco 49ers, when they have the ball in good field goal in in in, in that in that air, gray area, that's second and one, and they don't get a first down.
3: Well, I thought that McVay and Shanahan both got overwhelmed. That's just my yeah. they, they, they both seemed to, to get a little overwhelmed there. And to Michael's point, you know, so much responsibility with play calling and, and trying to manage down a distance in the game. It's it, they both seem to get overwhelmed there.
0: And maybe McVeigh. it was in his head that Shanahan's owned this matchup so much. So he was doing some unusual things. Yeah, it was it was a really a strange sequence. McVeigh definitely got away with one. Uh, I meant to bring this up too with Mahomes, uh, in the play before the half, you know, it, as consequential as it turned out to be. I think in the moment, none of us really thought it was going to matter. Maybe it would matter to the spread, but you're just thinking, all right, 21-10, big deal. They gave away three points. Get the ball to start the half, 28-10 probably, game over. It didn't feel big in the moment. It felt stupid. It felt, you know what, if you laid the seven and a half, maybe you were nervous about giving the points away. It didn't feel like it was going to come back to haunt them, though. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) A friend texted me, Michael.
2: I think it it did haunt them, though. I think what happened is they went into halftime. And, and I don't think they felt with any. They, they because they start. They if they go in 24-14 with some positivity, they go in there and they start with a second half call sheet. And here's where we let's put this game away. Here's the moment we've got to win this game right now. They didn't do it. I mean, yeah. I never. Did you ever trust the Chiefs' defense at all in that game? Never. You never did.
3: No. A, fr- a friend to your point. Will, a friend texted me going into the half. He said, "I got Kansas City laying seven. No points there is going to kill me." <laughs>
0: Like, well, if you had Kansas City money line that you're going to towards the end of the game, it's just wild. How about my KC team total over 30 and a half over 31, whatever you got it at 21 points. The first three drives, boy, this is going to be easy. I actually know what I did. I checked my account to see, I forgot how much I bet on it. And I was kicking myself that I didn't bet more. I was like, oh man, this was the easiest bet ever. They scored three points the rest of the game. It's just, it's unbelievable.
3: Well, would they have points on their first three drives? Nothing on their final six touchdown,
0: touchdown, touchdown. And then they got the ball at the one. What ended up being a big play was the guy who passed interfered with Hill to keep him. That would have been a touchdown. That would have been a touchdown on on that. Pass interference would have been 28 points that ended up mattering a lot. And, uh,
3: yeah. Sure did. yeah. And by the way, Michael, you kind of casually said you like both unders in yesterday's show, and both unders cashed yesterday.
2: Yeah, and both of I thought one of them was in trouble. I I really thought the first game was going to go over, but when when they didn't score that touchdown, you know, at the end of the game, I mean, I really thought they were going to score the touchdown, and then they had the four point lead, and you know. But look, the chief offense was was as Will said, six first downs in the second half, four on one drive, horrible, and then they turned the ball over in overtime. My lord.
3: Hey, Will, in in 15 seconds, the day ball hire amongst the Giants fans is what?
0: Home run, great hire. They're excited about him. Yeah.
3: Okay. You can hear more on the New York City cast right. with Will Hill. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate you.
0: All right. See you guys. Not
3: Appreciate it. Not the Will Hill on Twitter. We continue coaching carousel continues to spin. We'll get to it next here at Lombardi Line.
0: Hey, Sarah. I
3: loved that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah. It was so cool.